On today's episode of Embodied Divinity, I'm excited to introduce you to Erica Venegas, who is a seasoned intuitive and somatic coach who specializes in clearing trauma from the nervous system, playing bigger authentically, cultivating emotional intelligence, and navigating burnout. She guides intuitive leaders and entrepreneurs in one-on-one mentorship programs to embrace their fullest potential without giving up who they truly are. Erica also loves offering one-on-one somatic coaching for those looking to recreate their inner foundations, letting go of old stuff and creating new patterns and storylines. All of her work centers around helping people find more joy, ease, abundance, and embodiment of their true path. I hope you truly enjoy today's episode. Hey Divine One, Nikaila Mariah here, inner child and self-mastery expert and divine channel at your service, and this is my podcast. It is my mission to guide you back into remembering of all that you are as you stand in your highest self and live this life on earth to your fullest and most joy-filled ability. It's time to stand fully in your power, optimize your energy, and let wealth rain down on you as you get clear on your energy, mind, body, and spirit. This is for the divine ones, the cosmic beings, the creatives, industry leaders, and stars who are ready to activate their fullest potential and live a life of purpose, peace, and pleasure as we create a new world. It's time to remember the divine being you are and act accordingly. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of Embodied Divinity. I just told you all about this beautiful being sitting in front of me, and I'm so excited to introduce you to Erica. Erica, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here with you. This is going to be so much fun. I can't wait for you guys to hear all about the gifts and the ways of being she offers. So Erica, I'm going to start you off with my signature question. Can you tell us how you became the woman that's sitting here sharing in front of us today? Yeah, that is such a um, big question. So I have become who I am today through so much inner work through rounds and rounds of therapy and meditation and nervous system work and yoga and somatic healing and truly a deep commitment to become who I knew I was and who I thought I could be, but was so hidden behind so many clouds and storms and fog. It's such I mean, your, your journey, your story and, and the ability to bring yourself here is something that is, is so hard to, to recognize and appreciate until you've gone through it. Right. Because Mm -hmm. it is a constant pulling yourself up and rising above and all these bloody battles that no one else witnesses. And it's, it's hard. And I'm grateful that you chose to do it because what I found in my own journey through, through therapy and trauma healing and really stepping into my embodiment and intuition is the hardest part for me was being inside my body 
right? I had mm-hmm. the EMDR and I had the therapy sessions and I, I had this intuition, but I didn't know how to regulate my nervous system. I thought it was normal to be constantly hypervigilant and stressed out and all of these things. Yeah. I really appreciate what you bring to the table and and the ability to have gone through all of this yourself, because it also helps us that that work with facilitators and, and practitioners like you, it gives us that kind of safety of she knows, right? Mm-hmm. And here, how do you feel like your own journey has helped you to hold space and move through processes with your clients? Yeah, I feel like it's crucial and central. I, I mean, I, um, I feel so strongly about that, that, um, you know, because we have to, we have to have the relationship within ourselves to create the relationship with another. And then it's so it's like mirrors, it's a land of mirrors, right? Because then we also to have created it in ourselves, we needed, most often, we need to be with someone else who's been regulated, who has traveled that journey to create the regulation in us. So it's um, a gift we pass on. And, you know, I've, I've done a lot of training and, and have, you know, added and added and added to my skill set, And that's all very important. And what I truly feel is what uh, really brings the depth or brings the real healing is that I've met myself in the places where my clients are going. And I've created the capacity to bring kindness to myself in those places and acceptance to myself. And, and I've gone to some pretty big places, you know, over the years. And so, and because I have that breadth and the depth, then I can just be there and hold the space. And it doesn't mean we have to go there. That's like a gift of the nervous system work that we don't have to go there. But if we do go there, then there's capacity to hold it. And that's, um, that's like the, that's how we hold the container, right? For our clients and for our people. I, I find myself coming back to my breath and grounding here because there's so much I have to ask you. So (laughs) I'm going to start with the basics. And I'm going to say, if there's someone listening right now, who they hear this word, I've talked about emotional regulation here before. I've talked about these trauma responses, right? But it's so hard to know when you're dysregulated until you know, right? So people can look for to know if they're regulated or dysregulated in each moment. Let me just... uh think about that for a second. It's such a tricky question because I think that even, um, so it's not even that like, we're, we're not, I, so the way I hold it is we're not having the goal to be regulated all the time, right? It's okay to get dysregulated. What we want to do is have the capacity to notice and then come back. And so, um, I think it's, it's like, it's like, are we paying attention? Like, are we choosing? Have we noticed? So, um, 
it's like if we have because we all we all have this window of tolerance and we all fall outside of it on either side from time to time you know and as we become more relate regulated that happens less but there's still going to be moments right where there's opportunities to grow and to increase our regulation so it's in the moments when we can have the awareness that's when we come back so we maybe we've been watching netflix for four hours or a day or even three days. And then the moment comes when we say, oh wait, I'm sitting here watching Netflix. I'm totally disconnected from myself. Maybe I could go walk around the block or maybe I could put my hands on my heart and take some breaths. And that's the practice, right? That we, when we come back to the awareness of, oh, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, we might even choose like, you know, I notice I'm doing this and I'm going to keep watching Netflix for two more hours and then I'll take the walk. So it's the practice of being able to check in, Mm. notice where we are. And we become more regulated or we're, we're increasing our capacity for regulation when we can check in more and more often and we don't sort of go uh numb or we don't we don't go numb or we don't go the other way when we're like stuck in some kind of sympathetic pattern of go 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 I'm getting it done I'm getting it done I'm doing all the things I'm doing all the things and then we can notice oh right I'm doing all the things maybe I can stop and take a breath and stabilize a little bit so for me it's that awareness of just noticing I, I love the different examples you gave of, and they're two totally different ones, right? Of, of really allowing yourself to, to numb out and disassociate and disconnect from your body. And then also that really hyper movement forward of doing all the things. I know for me, it was really easy for me to notice a certain pattern of dysregulation just because I had little kids at the time. And when I was going through this, I swore to myself, I would never be like a snapper mom. And so I always told my kids, if I ever snap at you, number one, it's not okay. Number two, please tell me it's not okay. And I remember I would get so overstimulated. I had no idea why at the time, but I knew they were driving me crazy. Right. And I see a lot of women do this with their partners too. I see it come out in men in different ways, but I see a lot of women getting snappy with their partners or or their coworkers. And I think that's a really hard one too, because you don't realize that everything around you <laughs> is kind of adding to this overstimulation. And I think having that awareness to come back, one thing you mentioned was like, I'm coming back, I'm going on a walk. What are some other things we can do to step back into our center and to kind of step away from that overstimulation or disassociation or however it's showing up? Mm-hmm. Right. It's any way we can put awareness on what's happening now. What's the felt sense in our body or have awareness of what's happening from a sensory perspective. So um, I have kids too. And like, it's true, like things just get going. It's fast. There's a lot of noise. It's nonstop. It's so much energy and it's a lot, right? It's a lot. You know, I experience it as a lot for my system too, with the history I've had. And so I just try to take a moment. Literally, this is what I love about this work. It can be a moment, like it can be 15 seconds 
to do something like feel that your feet are stable and solid on the ground and that they're not moving. And it doesn't need to be a whole big grounding thing. It can literally just be like, oh, my feet are on the ground. I can feel the pressure of the earth, you know, my shoes, the floor, and they're solid. And if you really notice that, like you can feel it in our resonance right now, there's just some stabilization that just comes in. It just brings you down a notch. And that in itself is building capacity. And another thing I love is just to look out the window. Um, I happen to live where there's lots of beautiful trees around and just to notice and tune into the uh, leaves fluttering in the wind. And just notice like, oh, they're fluttering or they're not. There's so much stillness and that will bring another level of de-escalation. And it, it, um, the more we can do these 15, 30 seconds little timeouts, the more we can help ourselves regulate. I love that. It can also just be remembering, you know, like what it feels like to have your feet on the waves or in, in the, um, you know, when the, the tide comes in, when you have a wave in the beach, like not a huge crashing one, but just that soft feeling on your feet. It can be a memory of something that can do it. I think it's amazing that it can be so simple because often when we're dysregulated, there's already the reason we're dysregulated is because there's already so much pressure, right? And I think that to be able to just know that it can be as simple as while you're washing the dishes and people are tugging on you or things are happening in the background, you can just say, ah, my feet are on the ground. Ah, Mm -hmm. my hands are in the water, right? And Mm -hmm. I, I love the simplicity of it. So for me, a a huge part of this process is also like the deeper aspect of restorative rest, because I know, and I'll just talk about my story because I know it relates to, to certain people who are listening to this is there's a lot of, of things and pressures in the world for me, right? I am an only parent. I am an entrepreneur and I, I have these things. I could do things all day, right? And a lot of times I could feel good doing them. But when I learned about the power of restorative rest and pausing and taking a break and stepping out of all the do, 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 it felt like my whole life changed. It felt like I had more energy. I had more space. It felt like there wasn't a need to constantly check in with myself because I could breathe deeper. And I just want to know your perspective on restorative rest and even maybe talking about what restorative rest is and looks like. Mm, yeah. So I think, you know, for me, for me, cause I'm also a busy mom. So I think uh, sometimes when we think about restorative rest, we think that means we need to go to the spa or we need to do like a thing where we're really getting away for a long period of time. And for me, it's um, closely connected to this idea of resourcing where we can find something pleasant or neutral that's existing right now that we can tune into for, you know, like five minutes to an hour, like whatever we have. I don't think it needs to be a huge amount of time. And 
I see that we're frozen again. Oh, there. Okay, you're back. Um, and where we can tune our attention to what's neutral or what's pleasant right now and what we feel in our bodies right now. And so, and really following what that might mean for us. So it might mean laying down for 15 minutes. That's what it often is for me, just laying down for 15 minutes. You know, the warm bath, some kind of sensory experience, taking a walk, putting our feet on the earth, hugging a tree, something where we're doing some kind of co-regulation with something that is still, right? Or so that we can then mirror some of that stillness between us, in a, you know, between the two of these and within ourselves. I think it's so cool that restorative rest can look like so many different things. And mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons I didn't rest a lot before I learned about this, because I was like, I, I don't want to take a nap, but I do find myself laying down for 15 minutes without needing to sleep. Right. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes it's like coloring in a coloring book or strumming my guitar. Yeah. It gets to be rest. Doesn't have to be this thing. Cause I know there's, sometimes you just don't, it's not the energy in your body. Right. And rest for me is like taking that time out. What mm -hmm. is something that I can do and feel mindful and enjoyable while doing that's just for me. And I think that's an important part too, is like, mm -hmm. it gets to be just you in that moment. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I love that you uh, mentioned like coloring or doing something with our hands, because that is, um, you know, our minds are so busy. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes when we rest, we think we need to have like this, the, the laying down or the, like that can actually bring more, more into our minds. Right. And the, the busy hands, quiet minds. And so knitting or vegetable chopping, you know, my children um, are in the Waldorf education. And so there's so much around um, working with hands and how that's so calming in our system or humming or singing mm. those things too. It, it is really powerful. Um, I, like even my own mother, the reason that she doesn't rest is because she has this belief um, around rest. And she's honestly, in my opinion, really scared of rest because it does mm -hmm. bring up all the feelings in our body, all mm -hmm. the thoughts lost in our mind. And I'm wondering as a somatic practitioner, is there something that women can do if they, I mean, so many of my clients, even at the beginning, they are, have such a hard time meditating. Right. Yeah. And, and it's not something I push them into because it can stir up more. Right. What are some steps that they can take on a moment by moment basis to get more comfortable feeling the feelings in their body and being okay with where their mind goes? Right. Right. So I think that's such an important part that some of our systems um, are set like we're, we're stuck on on, right? We're in a sympathetic response and we're stuck there. Right. And that's okay, right? That served you or the person in, in our lifetimes, right? To survive whatever happened. Um, but then slowing down from that is one, scary, and two, feels impossible. Mm -hmm. And 
so, and then just, you know, to acknowledge the other side, which is where I've spent a lot of time is on the collapse side and the shutdown side. And it's easier for those people because they're already sort of, you know, they're, they're already uh, operating on such a, uh, like low level in the terms of the nervous system, range of the nervous system. So um, for people who are stuck on, on, I think one is just acknowledging, right? That this is a pattern, a survival adaptive pattern that I've been in. It's served me and, and how can I work with this in the moment? So one, you know, there's a lot of like if you work somatically with a coach or with a you know somatic therapist, there's a lot that needs to be expressed there, right? There's a whole sympathetic charge that needs to complete and then be discharged so that the person can settle. But I think that noticing it and and doing something really small, like looking out the window, finding a part of your body that's stable and not moving. You know, I think we really have to use baby steps with the nervous system and to realize that you're on like a larger project Mm -hmm. to find regulation and do these really, really baby steps, maybe giving up, you know, the, the desire to meditate for a while until you find more regulation and do something else instead. Maybe it's the knitting, right. That can create some calm and some stabilization in there. So we're taking baby steps to really practice allowing our body to feel what it's like to, to be still and at rest when we are constantly hypervigilant and, and doing and moving forward. So on the flip side, because it's interesting, I went to both. I was like in major survival mode and then I got burnt out and I was totally collapsed and it took a long mm. time right, to find the balance. So for the women maybe in burnout who are, I guess not just women, anyone listening who's in burnout, who's in that really collapsed, shut down state, right? Mm-hmm. From what I've noticed, there's two things that happen here. Number one, the will to, to get up and do the things that are going to serve them in that moment is really hard to find. But number two, the shame kind of keeps them stuck because they're constantly, yeah. I should be doing this. I should be doing this. So how do, what are the baby steps we can take in those moments that allow us to create that movement? Mm-hmm. So literal movement. Like I'm, you know, if you're listening here, I'm moving my fingers, wiggling your fingers, actually uh, moving. So you can kind of imagine it that where you're, you're frozen like an ice cube. So you want to warm yourself up. So wiggle your fingers, maybe move your arms around, wiggle your toes. It can be just a little bit, but you can feel some activation, right? Your nervous system has to move into activation because we use our sympathetic system to walk around and, and actually like get a glass of water and things like that. So um, I think, you know, if we really just think of it as a baby step, like I'm going to just wiggle my fingers and then you can feel there's some activation there. And then maybe from there you can say, I'm going to go get a drink of water and you know, breaking it up. And then from there, maybe there's one phone call I need to make today. Can I make that? Right. Maybe I'll run my wrists under cold water, another like waking up thing. So, um, 
the the movement breeds movement so if we can just take off one thing we you know i this happens with my clients too and i've experienced this we think we need to do we think we need to run the marathon before we need to take the step yeah. right and we just need to take one step which might mean sitting up wiggling our fingers okay i feel more energy i'm gonna get a glass of water then maybe i can make one phone call see where i'm at there's a really huge power in in baby steps and in allowing yourself to learn that way and i think the most powerful thing that i've learned from somatic healing and and movement is that our bodies our energy our emotions they require movement and it doesn't mm. have to look a certain way and i'm wondering yeah. As an expert in this field, if you can just maybe talk on why I love talk therapy, I think it's so important. And I know that I personally and my kids also could not have healed to the place they're at without also somatic therapy on top of it. And I'm wondering if you can speak on why this approach is so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, on one, just a simple level, we are a whole body. We are the whole thing. We are not just our minds right? We're the whole unit. When we think about our nervous system, 80% of our information is flowing from our body to our brains and 20% is flowing down. So what's happening in our body is informing what's happening in our mind. And I love, I, I love, you know, the, the worlds where we talk about the power of the mind and, and all of this. I, I love all that stuff. And, 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 mm -hmm. It's the body that's actually informing the state of the mind. So we will, if we leave out the body, you know, our, then the mind will actually stays stuck. It stays in its same track, telling its same stories over and over and over. And our bodies hold, if we can, you know, we can think of it like that 80% of the story, our physiology our physiology is so ancient. Our nervous system is so ancient and it's designed to ensure our survival. And it has these patterns that it operates in. And it, because we're human, this doesn't happen to animals in the wild, by the way, but our nervous systems can get stuck. And so it gets stuck in a pattern. It doesn't complete a cycle and our physiology just stays stuck, stuck, stuck this way, right, in collapse, or it stays stuck, stuck, stuck in, in sympathetic um, overdrive. And, and then we can't, nothing shifts if we don't pay attention to that. It's like the operating system of our whole being. And so if we forget the operating system, you can dibble dabble all you want with the software, but the, the still the basic thing is the same. So what, what is the what is the end result? What is the harmony? We know we're collapsed if we are more often than not in low energy. There's not a lot of movement. There's not a lot of, there's a lot of stagnation. We know we're in the, the movement when we're never able to slow down, when we're constantly going, right? And, and rest is hard. What does it look like to be here in your center? And I, and I know we can't constantly be there, but I also think it's important to have a vision of what 
a beautiful operation of the nervous system would look like. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like when we can choose, right? When we can, when we can respond, when we're not, when stimulus doesn't come in and we don't just automatically, it doesn't automatically send us into hopelessness, despair, this is never going to work. And it doesn't automatically send us into like, oh my God, I got to fix this right away. Send the email, do the things that we can be like, oh, okay, this, this is, this information stimulation came in, you know, maybe it doesn't feel good. Maybe it does feel good. Let me see how I'm going to metabolize that. And, and then I'll choose. And then it also can be like, whoa, some stimulation came in. Like that's scary. You know, there's a loud noise or I've been in a car accident and you, you move to one way and then you can metabolize that and you come back to center in an hour, 30 minutes, two hours, depends on how big, how big the stimulus was, right? How regulated you are. So you come back to, okay, here I am. I know who I am. I can choose how I want to respond. I have access to, you know, my prefrontal cortex where I can think creatively. I can, uh, empathize I can have perspective to see the whole picture right when we're in that place where we have our quote-unquote access to our higher self that's a regulated place so it doesn't mean we won't fall one way or the other we will life happens but we come back to okay how can I move forward to my my highest good and the highest good of everyone around me and I love it because it's it's a powerful place to be because you always have a choice you have this awareness and you get to make a choice and we're not shaming ourselves if we if we fall into collapse we're not shaming ourselves if we go into control and fixing we just have the awareness and we come back to center and I mean can you imagine if we all live that way (laughs) what a world to live in (laughs) so amazing I think that's why people, practitioners like you are so important. And I'd love to know for anyone listening, how do they work with you? What does it look like to work with you? You guys already know you can find all the ways to reach Erica below wherever you're watching this, but what does it actually look like? And what are the offers you have? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love to work with intuitive, conscious women and I really work with them in two ways. One is on foundations where it's really um, like really beautiful somatic coaching where we meet weekly. We work to clear, you know, create foundations, create that regulation, clear whatever trauma programs or are running in the nervous system. And it's a really beautiful relationship of co-regulation and um, deep, beautiful work. And that's weekly or for women who have like, maybe feel they've done that work or they're looking to shine brighter and expand and move more into their leadership. Then I have the shine bright coaching offer, which is a six month um, program where we work still on nervous system regulation more in how do I go to my next level with what I have um, when I don't need to sort of dig in as much there's always going to be a little bit of that but it's not that I need to create my whole foundation it's that I want to move to the next level 
And so I have that program as well. Awesome. That's so mm-hmm. exciting. And I love that you offer something no matter where they are at. You have mm-hmm. both yeah. parts because I know a lot here have done a lot of the work, right? And mm-hmm. it can be so hard to get to that next place. And I love that you walk with women on this journey because it helps so much when we have someone as an empowered witness who's been there and who can see us and thrive with us as we do it. And I'm just so grateful that you came on this show. Thank you so much, Erica. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I would love to invite your listeners. I have a Facebook group called the Shine Bright Circle where we talk about these things and we get to be in a more intimate container. So I'd love to invite them in to join me there. Yes, absolutely. And you guys can also find that link below here. Um, Go join Erica's Facebook group, check out her offerings. And if you feel called, I encourage you, this work is so life-changing. Thank you guys again, as always, breathe deep and plan on miracles. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, Divine One. It truly has been an honor to guide you deeper into yourself today. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to create a ripple of support for my podcast, please share it with your friends, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. You can find me on all the socials by searching Nikaila Mariah or checking the link in my bio. As always, breathe deep, plan on miracles, and know life's about to get a whole lot more magical.